the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights. Yeah. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear. The world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. We've got a jam-packed lineup for you tonight. Great entrepreneurs, great business owners, great community impact makers. That's what the show is all about. As always, get on my website, shalomkline.com, where you can download the podcast from the show. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. So my first guest up on the program is indeed a community influence maker. I'm thrilled to be joined here in studio by uh, Paul uh, Detlefs, um, who is a certified EOS implementer, um, but... Paul, I learned something new about you today as I was doing some prep for the show. You, uh, you had three ventures before you turned 16 years old, so an entrepreneur at heart for sure. Um, first of all, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thanks. Great to be here. So, um, Paul, uh, that's, that's probably the best intro, an entrepreneur at heart, uh, which, but you also uh, dedicate so much time to helping other business owners, both through your community involvement as well as through your business ventures. Um, so, Paul, I'd love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, Shalom. Thanks. Um, I did start several businesses before I was 15. I had a paper route. I mowed lawns, and I uh, sold sodas to construction workers. But it turned out that those weren't my ideas. They were actually my dad's ideas. <laughs> I was more of an implementer. So I'm not uh, – I've been working in – entrepreneurial areas my whole career, but I've discovered I'm not the idea person. I'm more the person to help them be executed better. Well, you know, it's important that people, you know, realize where your strengths um, and where your, you know, limitations are. And that is something that every business owner goes through is you discover that, hey, you might have the best idea in the world, but you really suck at finance, for example. That's why you hire an accountant or you work with an accounting firm. Um, But you help uh, implement really is the key word over here. So, I mentioned that uh, that three-letter acronym, EOS, um, EOS uh, Implementer. Um, so what is EOS for, um, for the uninformed? Yeah, EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And an operating system is the basic uh, ways you do things in your business, how you plan, how you execute, how you lead and manage people, how you run meetings. It's not the only one out there, but every business should have one. In fact, you have one. Uh, you may not know it. But your system that you have is perfectly designed to give you the results you're getting. If you want different results, you might consider changing your operating system. 
So, Paul, you started um, working with EOS uh, with the sort of the process um, in 2010, but you became a certified implementer in 2012. How did you discover EOS? I, I know you mentioned your business ventures and sort of your journey in discovering your strength, but what was it about the EOS system that made sense to you? Yeah, well, after a long career in consulting, uh, I I left because I wanted to get back to working with small and mid-sized companies. I've, I've done that pretty much my whole career. And uh, I was doing uh, business owner peer groups and coaching, and a colleague also doing that uh, was told about it by another colleague. And um, he told me about it. I read the book Traction, which describes it. And I had read all the underlying books. It's based on things by Patrick Lencioni and Jim Collins and so on. And I read it in about two days. And um, one of the things I loved about it is I've always wanted to teach. And so in this role, I get to be a teacher of these tools and and methods, as well as a facilitator of, of leadership teams and and a coach to them. So that's that's my role. So your company is called the Traction Group, and uh, I love that word traction. I use it use it all the time, and that's that's really important. And you and your colleagues. You are focused on that implementation process, that, that, that traction that you ultimately help them succeed in achieving. So without naming any names, or you're welcome to if uh, you have your client's permission, can you give us an example of a successful implementation, a successful story of traction for a, uh, for a business? Yeah, I've got one in particular, a, a business owner I met years ago when I was doing peer groups and coaching, and uh, I talked to him back in... 2010 or 11, he said, you know, we'd really like to do some strategic planning. And so I said, well, I've got this new thing I'm doing. It's It's got some planning in it, but also some, some great execution. And he said, okay, so we got started. So I've been working with them actually for about eight years now. And the main thing, uh, they've grown and they've become more profitable, but the main thing he's gotten out of this is freedom. When I first started working with him prior to EOS, he was working 70-hour weeks uh, then he dropped down a few years ago to three days a week, then two days a week. And now he spends about a half a day a week on the business. He's got somebody, uh, working, running it day to day for him. He's got grandkids. He loves, he used to love to travel. And, uh, so he spends a lot of time on, on family and community things. And he's basically gotten a lot of freedom from it. I work smarter, not harder. I love it. And, um, Paul, um, you are, as I mentioned in your intro, you are involved in a lot of things in community. I know that that is ultimately uh, important to you, and, and that's your uh, process for business success is giving back to the community. You are a uh, a board member and a mentor at SBAC Empower. I know you and I share that in common and, and our passion for uh, for the work of the SBAC in general, but Empower, which is the 501c3. Can you tell us a little bit about you know sort of you, what inspires you and, and, and the impact that you hope to have? Yeah, just quickly, after um, I've always been a person of service, I'm a helper by nature, and I uh, was on the village board in Glenview for 12 years and very involved in the Boys and Girls Clubs. And as I wound down my involvement there, I thought, how can I use my business experience to help? And I thought, you know, I really want to help entrepreneurship in the city, in the inner city, in some of the disadvantaged areas. So I got involved with uh, Small Business Advocacy Council and SBAC Empower, which is our 501c3, which is uh, has a mission of empowering and enabling business owners and entrepreneurs in the inner city. And I think that's just a great way for me to use my business experience to try to help some of the communities in our area. Absolutely. And in our show notes, I'll make sure to uh, link to uh, SBAC Empower so folks can 
learn about getting involved. And we, we spotlighted Empower a couple of weeks ago as we talked about um, the entrepreneurship program that we are working in partnership with uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart. Um, so, Paul, you, uh, you mentioned some of the things that you're involved in in community. One of the things that uh, you and I are corresponding about uh, in advance of the show is healthy conflict. And that is something that it's interesting. Um, right now, communication is certainly very, very, very unique um, in this age of COVID. People aren't meeting as regularly in person. Um, you know, tell me, tell me sort of how you're involved in that area and, and sort of your advice, perhaps the takeaways from today's show uh, for somebody that might be tuning in, a ways that they can perhaps improve their business communication and, and have healthy conflict and how it affects their business. Yeah, these days it might be a little difficult to understand how conflict could be good with all that's going on, but the word healthy is very important. And this this concept really comes from the author Patrick Lencioni and Five Dysfunctions of a Team and his many other books, uh, that we actually most organizations have too little conflict. They need more conflict, but it needs to be healthy conflict. And that just means being open and honest with each other, being direct. But you don't have to be emotional. You don't have to, to be mean, but be direct, be clear, be open and honest. And the key, though, is you've got to have trust first. It's based on a foundation of trust. Oh, that's, that's great advice. So, um, Paul, we are, we're quickly running out of time, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can reach you um, so they can get in touch with the Traction Group, learn about, learn a little bit more about EOS, and uh, perhaps schedule a consultation. Um, what's the best way for folks to reach you? Yeah, our, our domain is thetractiongroup.com, and my email address is paul at thetractiongroup.com. Very simple. Very, very easy, thetractiongroup.com, and uh, SBC Empower, sbcempower.org. Check that out. And, um, you know, Paul, it, it's, it's fascinating, and, and the, the, the approach that you have, and I know it, it really works with uh, businesses and organizations of all sizes. Um, it's not something only for the, uh, for the very successful organization. Uh, success is always an interesting definition, um, but it's not only when you have, um, you know, 100 people working for you. It, it can work for small businesses, smaller organizations, and really any organization of any size. Um, so, Paul, you mentioned travel, and in our closing moments over here, uh, back in the days, as you said, when travel was possible, any particular memories that come to mind? Travel memories? Travel memories. Well, my two pl- favorite places in, in the world are, are Hawaii and Switzerland. I, I remember, I was just talking this weekend with some friends about walking down a, a valley in the spring in Switzerland and um, with the flowers and the bubbling brook, and uh, someday I'd like to uh, get back there. Hopefully with uh, with one of the silver linings of COVID will be that uh, remote work will be more uh, possible uh, than ever. Uh, so hopefully you will be able to get out. So, Paul, uh, one more time, can you share your email address and website with our listeners? Yeah, again, uh, www.thetractiongroup.com, and I'm Paul at thetractiongroup.com. Well, Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for all that you do in the community. And we will be back with D'Angelo Bradley uh, talking about community impact. Um, Chicago, don't touch that dollar. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and we'll be back after this quick break. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, this show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, and I'm absolutely thrilled and, frankly, honored to have D'Angelo Bradley, the president and founder of uh, Chief Executive Officer of Planned Purpose, an incredible, incredible organization that... uh, is really all about mentoring, all about creating an impact, leading, coaching, and developing 
Um, uh, it started in Oklahoma City. Uh, it started by an amazing, amazing veteran. D'Angelo Bradley, welcome to Get Down to Business. Hey, I appreciate you, sir. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure having you on. Um, so, uh, D'Angelo, you and I were talking just actually a week ago today, and I've been thinking a lot about our conversation inspired by all of the amazing, amazing things that you're doing. So, as I always love to do with our guests, I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. D'Angelo, you have a fascinating background. Do you mind uh, introducing yourself to our listeners? Well, hello, listeners. Uh, it's just a, a great honor to be on this uh, this podcast. Um, to keep things simple, I'm I'm a, a good old American boy. I, I grew up in uh, Urbana, Illinois, went to Urbana High School. But uh, surprisingly, I ended up going to four different high schools in three states. So I ended up going to Urbana High School. I went to uh, uh, Lamar High School down in Arlington, Texas, and played football there. Boyd High School, played basketball there, and ended up at Carl Albert where I graduated in uh, Midwest City, Oklahoma, and we won a couple of state championship football uh, championships. So. Uh, I've been around, got a lot of friends throughout the United States, and uh, I decided going to the United States Air Force. Uh, it's been it's been my life all honor that, that I was able to serve in the United States military. Uh, it, it has molded me to become the person I am today, and uh, my, my whole life has been uh, modeled around serving in the fire service and protecting the community, uh, life safety, and uh, uh, having incident stabilization. Uh, so with that being said, that kind of brought me on my path where I ended up going to South America, uh, to Ecuador for two years. And I ended up being in Kuwait, the Kuwaiti desert for three years, uh, went to Afghanistan and did the ring route inspections and, uh, uh, crew chief duties over there. So I was actually, uh, active in, uh, over 60 bases over there, uh, everywhere from, uh, the Pakistan border down to the, the Helmand province up to Kabul and Bagram and. Polish Sharky and Shindad and Black Horse, and I can keep naming them. Uh, but I've seen some things, been through some things. Uh, then I ended up going to the U.S. Embassy straight out of Afghanistan, and uh, I worked at the uh, United States Embassy in Iraq in Baghdad in the Green Zone, which is the uh, the world's largest em- embassy, uh, supporting the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense mission over there. I was also there when it transitioned into uh, a diplomatic mission. So it went from Iraqi freedom uh, in transition to a uh, diplomatic mission with the Department of State. Uh, so it, it's been it's been a, a pleasure of mine to learn different cultures, uh, uh, eat, pray, and study with other religions and learn how people in other cultures and ethnic backgrounds live and how families live and survive. I know that that has, to... I know that that has, sorry to cut you off, D'Angelo, I know that that has uh, certainly influenced um, your continued service. And, and you know, I, I definitely wanted to mention Thank you for um, for your service in the Air Force, and then thank you for your continuing service, um, you know, around the world. You just named off just a ridiculous number of places where you've been and where you've where you've had an impact, and that impact has only continued um, through your work as the president and uh, chief executive officer of Plan Purpose, which is about providing mentorship uh, services to youth in underserved communities between the ages of thirteen and eighteen. And D'Angelo, I know you are uh, in. Uh, Oklahoma City, but uh, you certainly have uh, strong roots here in Illinois. Um, so tell us a little bit about Plan Purpose and some of the stories of success that you've had in working within inner cities and some of the mentoring that you've been able to uh, establish. Yeah, so with Plan Purpose, <laughs> Plan Purpose, I, I thought about it in Iraq. I was in my bed and I said, when I get back home, I got to be able to give back. And that's what that's exactly what I, I planned on doing. I put my money behind it, put my effort and time behind it. And uh, it's, it's basically exactly what it is. We serve the, uh, the underserved 
parts of the community uh, through innovative technology and mentoring. So basically what we try to do is just try to change things up, try to think outside the box and not do things status quo. Uh, so we, I've worked with everything from um, youth that are in the LGBT community uh, that, that are actually homeless. Uh, with CSU Youth, I partner with them. Uh, I have a memorandum standing with the, uh, understanding with the uh, state of Oklahoma for youth that are actually adjudicated. So my my whole thought process was, uh, how do you stop people from going to jail, getting killed, getting hooked on drugs, actually being on the streets? How do you stop youth from becoming adults that become repeat offenders? Well, you nip it in the bud. You you reach out to them in their worst times, and that's how you make a difference. Uh, it's it's, uh, so, it's incredible and so important because you're 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 reaching out as you said the most important time um, and I want to highlight again that age of thirteen to eighteen which is such an important time um, it, when when you're able to really provide mentors and and you you have created a training program that supports that growth and development so D'Angelo dumb it down you know down to the basics of what do you believe are those fundamentals what are some of those areas that you uh, hope to inspire youth with? Uh, it's just it's the basic fundamentals of life. Uh, you go to school. I was in high school. We're all in high school. And, and they would tell me, you'd do little stories and say, hey, you know, Molly went to the grocery store. She got 10 apples. And when she got to the store, she used as much money and did this. I know you understand the basic concepts of math. Uh, but at the end of the day, you graduate high school and nobody tells you how to uh, build credit. No one tells you how you're not taught in school for the most part. Uh, society does not teach us how to survive in the real world. So what I try to do is get people to, to objectively think, what am I going to do to, to, to survive in society and uh, not only survive, but actually the uh, contribution to society uh, as, a, as a, a, a person of the community and an ambassador of the community. What am I going to do to better myself and set an example for people coming behind me? So, that's what we do. We, we work one-on-one and say, hey, what do you want to do? We don't force anything on anybody. The program's never been forced. And, and though we start from ages 13 to 18, the truth is even when they, they, they graduate high college, you're still calling uh, uh, So That's so important. How, how to, yeah, everything from how to, you know, uh, get your first mortgage to, to apply for a job, how to tie a tie, uh, create a resume, um, invest in investment properties, build your credit. You know, so these are areas that as adults, we learn by trial and error. So why not teach them young? That way they're more successful when they grow up. And at the same time, hey, you still can go to college. You still can get a trade. You can join the military. What do you what would you like to do? These are your options. And then uh, actually just having brainstorm sessions and open lines of communication. Say, hey, what do you want to do with yourself five years down the line, 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, so forth. And, and helping them to set those goals and start to accomplish those goals. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that's awesome. So started in 2014, and I, I was just taking notes, and you, you talked about a couple of interesting fundamentals, educational goals, career goals, professional development, financial planning, even healthy living and, and sort of dressing for success. And it sounds like self-esteem is really a sort of a theme throughout all of the uh, areas that, uh, that you're teaching uh, some of these uh, young adults um, as they turn into adults and really setting them up for success as productive members of the community. So, D'Angelo, my, uh, I guess the, that leads to the question. I know you're, you're still uh, very involved. I am looking at all of the things you're involved in, um, both in, uh, in some of your uh, consulting, some of your um, work uh, and service that certainly continues. My question is, when do you sleep, D'Angelo? I, I don't. I get up at, um, I get up at 4.30 in the morning. 
uh, and I probably go to bed about 1 o'clock, 1.30. I sleep about two and a half, three hours a night. Uh, the truth behind it is uh, being a combat veteran, I suffer from PTSD, insomnia, depression. I have my own issues. But what I've done is I've taken the issues that I have and used them to better myself and help other people. So I figure if I'm not sleeping, I can be doing something to help somebody else out. So there are times where I'm up at, you know, I might not sleep all night, but I'm up writing documents or trying to fill in for a grant uh, or updating my program or looking into a case file for a student or even just getting my day plan, plan for the next day. You're, so you're an inspiration. You're an inspiration, my it, friends. It's hard. It's hard, brother. It's really hard. I do have I do have power naps at least once a day. I try to take me a 15 to 30-minute power nap, and I do get sleepy, but I try to make sure I, I balance out and make sure I'm a little more healthier. So my diet sure. plays a big, a big part of uh, not sleeping as much. I have to make sure I eat more fruits and vegetables and, and make sure I'm a little more active in my lifestyle. <laughs> well, good for you. D'Angelo, we're just about out of time. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can reach you. I know you're all over on LinkedIn, of course, um, but uh, do you have a website that uh, you want people to check out? Actually, no, I shut that website down. I'm going to rebuild it right now. Uh, I have another business you guys don't even know about, <laughs> and I'm also a fire chief. I so, know you are. Uh, yeah, that, that's on my to-do list is actually create the new website and update it because we were working on Facebook, and I just didn't want to use that platform anymore. Uh, so I wanted to have a broader presence with sure. what we do and how we do it. So I got off that, and I also shut my other website down. Uh, but LinkedIn is the uh, – the avenue I'm using to, to, to promote at this point in time That's in the awesome. near future will be check out D'Angelo Bradley. I'll link uh, to you uh, through the show notes as well. But uh, D'Angelo, thank you for your service. Thanks for all that you continue to do. I hope that our listeners will support your work. And you and I have been talking about some things that you can do in Chicago. So can't wait to have you. D'Angelo Bradley, thanks for joining me on Get Down to Business. We're going to squeeze in headlines and a quick break. Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We've been on the air for six and a half years, and you can download all of those shows at ShalomKlein.com. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at ShalomKlein. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by uh, Dan Zwacki, who uh, founded a company in 1987 called Lobstergram out of his garage in Chicago. A first person to ship live lobsters and seafood and built a market, but now doing uh, some more stuff by building four more. So we're going to talk all about that. Dan, welcome to Get Down to Business. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, it's uh, really excited to uh, tell everybody about my entrepreneurial story. <laughs> You've had quite a journey indeed, Dan, and uh, this is long overdue. So my first question is, you founded Lobstergram, but do you actually um, enjoy eating lobster? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so over thir- 1987, I started, and I still love lobster. <laughs> well, that's and a good that, sign. My biggest, yeah, my biggest mistake is when I sold the company three years ago, I didn't put in there some deal, uh, part of the structure that I could get free lobsters for like, you know, the year or something like that. So, Oh man, you gave up that opportunity. Well, Dan, let's get into your journey over here because you have been featured in Forbes, Fortune, Oprah, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Chicago Tribune, Rachel Ray, Time, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, and so many others for your story and get down to business. Doesn't want to be left out of, uh, left out of the, uh, left out of that story. So, um, Dan, um, how did that lobstergram journey get started um, in your garage? And and you sort of tell us about those early days, you know, briefly, and and how it yeah. led to today and the sale and and ultimately what you're doing now. 
So it's a crazy story. I mean, it is a crazy story. So I was actually living in Peoria, Illinois, and uh, I was working for Honeywell. And I went to Macomb, Western Illinois, Western Illinois University, and I worked for like four years at Honeywell. Great job. And I would take my clients out for dinners. Okay, that's what I did for the holidays. And everybody liked it. And of course, everybody wanted, you know, lobster dinners and I had the expense report, you know, so who, who cares, right? And it got to the point where literally I was starting to get so many clients, I could not take everybody just out for dinner for the holidays. So I'm like going, holy cow, what the heck am I going to do? And I was one of those kids where I just always loved lobster. And of course, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you'd go and my dad and mom, you know, say, you know, hey, what do you want? I said, oh, I'll take the lobster. And they'd go, oh, yeah, give him a cheeseburger. And so it was like, I just always loved lobster. And I just thought, wow, what a cool thing it would be is to give my clients gifts of lobster. And, uh, you know, then I would, I mean, I loved always going out to dinner with everybody, but I just had so many clients, I couldn't do it. So I tried to find somebody in Maine that would do it. And I called 20 some different uh, lobster dealers in Maine and Massachusetts. And I said, look, I got like 60 packages. I want two lobsters, some lemon, the butter, you know, some shell crackers and then the cooking pot and, you know, to send it out to my clients. And every single one, every single one said, that's stupid. Nobody, that's a stupid idea. And so I almost decided not to do it. But eventually I bought like 160 lobsters and my territory was in Peoria to Champaign, uh, you know, all mid state of Illinois. And I literally took all these live lobsters in uh, Christmas time in December. And I put a big tarp in the trunk of my company car. Thank God it was a company car. And I had all these live lobsters just crawling around. And I just go visit my clients. And I put literally two lobsters. It, it was the worst packaging ever. Two lobsters in a plastic bag with a stick of butter, a lemon, and a little gift card. And I just would go right to their office and just say, hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You know, thanks for your uh, business. And I'd hand them this bag. And they'd just go, Oh my God! They loved it, <laughs> Dan. I have to ask it. At what point did your boss um, discover? Uh, I, I know you mentioned that you were you were you were in sales um, for for Honeywell. Yeah. At what point did your boss discover your uh, little side hustle over there? Yeah. Well, gosh, you know, back in the day, you were you weren't supposed to do side hustles, right? <laughs> Not like now. So. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm an hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I got this company, you know. I'm trying to, you know, build it, and uh, of course, I had like maybe one sale, one sale a day, and that was like huge, right? If I had two sales a day, you know, I would like, you know, crack some champagne open. And so uh, my sister said, why don't you get on the radio and call Jonathan Brandmeier, Johnny B, you know. He, the guy, the legend, uh, morning zoo guy, and see, you know, if you can get on the show. So I basically just out of pure, I didn't know what else to do. I just called him up. I talked to his producer, Jimmy Budd, 
and he's like, wait a second, you sell live lobsters through the mail in Peoria, Illinois? I go, oh yeah, that's what I do. And he starts cracking up and he goes, okay. You know, so I can hear him go, hey, Johnny, get get on the phone here. You got to talk to this lobster guy. So talk to him. He says, hey, you know, can you come up on Friday? This is like earlier in the week. And I'm like, oh, sure, sure. So I I literally in my, uh, you know, my little checkout board for sales calls, I said I was going to make sales calls in beautiful Springfield, Illinois. <laughs> you know, because, you know, it was the checkout board, right? You can write a little chalkboard, you know. And uh, so anyway, I get there. Dan, we're going to continue your story. I've got to squeeze in a quick break over here. But certainly when you become known as the lobster man and not your uh, not the sales rep, um, you're probably doomed in that area. But that that lobster man is an identity that you've lived with. I've been chatting with Dan Zuaki. We're going to be back in a moment on Get Down to Business. I'm back with the lobster man, Dan Zuecki. Uh Dan has been sharing uh, the story of uh, the growth <laughs> of, uh, of Lobstergram. Um, but uh, Dan, you started that company back in uh, back in 1987, and then uh, you actually, uh, after about 30 years, uh, sold uh, that company so you could focus on teaching the Entrepreneur Operating System, or EOS for short. Um, and uh, Dan, you know, obviously... I've got a lot of questions, including what lessons did you learn from your experience at, you know, Lobstergram um, uh, that, that are applicable to many of the entrepreneurs that might be tuning in this evening? Wow. Well, you know, that's a great question. And I learned so much. You know, one of the things of, of uh, Entrepreneur Operating System is I am blessed that I spent 30 years in the trenches. So when I actually talk to my clients, I've just you know, I've, I've been there, seen it. And then probably some of the biggest things that I really learned for entrepreneurs is one's real simple. Is it a hobby or is it a business? Right. And a lot of people get the two confused. So decide if it's a business, then make it a business, you know, have a, have a plan, have a, you know, short two pages, get right to the point with your own words. Don't go through like a, a software program where you, you know, co- uh, copy and paste everything from uh, Google. Absolutely. And I think one of the other things I have, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it, it, it's interesting that, that you know, you, you took some of those lessons and, and really helped, um, you know, many entrepreneurs. You help all the time helping uh, companies um, sort of delineate their message. Uh, but your your company now, you you now call yourself the Four Moors Man, um, which is funny because you went from that identity of the lobster <laughs> lobster man to the Four Moors Man. So, so Dan, in our yeah. remaining minutes, I want to make sure that we we cover what those four what those four areas actually are. Um, the Four Moors. What does that stand for? All right. So, what I found it really comes down to a few things. Is first structure, right? A lot of people think they have to have the vision. Mm, No, you got to build the structure for, so more structure is going to lead to more growth, which is going to lead to more profit, which ultimately is going to be more fun. Because if you can't have fun running your business, then for God's sakes, get a real job or do something else, right? So I use uh, the Entrepreneur Operating System to uh, help clients get what they want from their business and literally live a better life. And I love it. 
I am so lucky that I found my second passion in life. It's pretty crazy. Well, it, it, as you say, uh, you know, you're helping your clients find more fun. You you know what it's like because you've gone through your own experience of of, of building a fun uh, business, which is important. And and so what I'd love to hear is, you know, give us an example of somebody that you've worked with and somebody that you've really helped them to discover their their vision, their mission, um, and and turn it into a successful business, but also to have fun in the process. Wow. So for most of my clients, I work, they're in the 10 to 250 range. But last December, I took on a client that was a startup. And it was really cool because, you know, for, for most companies or, you know, for people like what I do, you know, when they hear the word startup for somebody, they're just like, oh, gosh, no, they don't have any of this structure. They're, you know, they're undercapitalized, blah, blah, blah. But I am a, I'm a helper, right? I feel very lucky after selling my company, I could do whatever I wanted to. And this is what I wanted to do. So I took them out as clients and we went through, uh, you know, the basics of the program. And today they are, have 28 employees, a little, not even a year later. And they just followed the EOS process. And they are working their little buttons off. But at the same time, when we're together in our sessions, we are always having fun, but we get stuff done. And the fun is part of the process. Yeah. It's part of that four mores process. I'm chatting with Dan Zawacki. Originally the, uh, the, the lobster man, the founder of Lobster Graham, but now the four mores man. Um, Dan, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can reach you. Um, a, I mean, there's so much about you and your story of, of founding Lobstergram. Fun fact is that you were the first company using Google AdWords, um, which is just incredible, which is crazy. So you yeah. certainly have learned a lot of lessons in entrepreneurship that I know are applicable and relevant to all of our listeners on Get Down to Business. Dan, where can people find out more about you and find out more about the four mores? So my uh, website is fourmores.com, and that's the number four, M-O-R-E-S.com, and they can email me at dan at fourmores.com, and there is my phone number, too. And I am more than, if any of your listeners out there have any questions or something that they're struggling with, I am more than happy to help anyone out because I, I swear I feel so blessed of what I've been able to accomplish and the knowledge that I have. So I don't say that I really mean it. So I know you do because uh, I've, I, 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 you know, uh, George and my producer over here and I were talking, um, you know, uh, your, your name is, uh, is, is, is heard all over the place. And certainly uh, people have learned from your story, founding Lobstergram and uh, Dan, uh, Dan Zwacki, uh, fourmores.com, Dan at fourmores.com, and the guy still loves lobster even after uh, these 30 years. Dan Zwacki, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on Get Down to Business. I'm going to be joined by Dr. Jim White. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship on Get Down to Business right after this quick break. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We've been chatting throughout this hour all about entrepreneurship and my returning guest, my friend, my mentor, Dr. Jim White, has been uh, spending the past quarter of a century buying, expanding, and selling 23 companies operating in 44 countries. And through this journey, uh, Jim, I know you've discovered your uh, true passion for helping others succeed personally and professionally. That's what I wanted to focus on this evening. Uh, first of all, Jim, welcome back. My pleasure. 
My pleasure. Always great to be with you, Scott. Absolutely. So, Jim, uh, you know, the theme of the show, uh, I've had four guests on uh, over the course of the hour and, you know, entrepreneurs of all uh, of all types, businesses of all sizes. Ultimately, I'm hearing a theme both from you as well as from everybody that I've spoken to. It's all about the people, isn't it? It's all about the people. Absolutely. As simple as that may sound uh, uh, to your listeners, but it is all about the people. And there's three things that I have said for the past 40 years, right people, right place at the right time. If you can figure that out, you're off and running. And that is not easy to do. Indeed. And, and, and Jim, I know uh, I just mentioned uh, 23 companies in 44 countries. Mm-hmm. And it, it's fascinating because regardless of industry, um, it's, it's, it's really true that ultimately it's the people that make all the difference. So, Jim, as we always do in our couple of quick minutes on the program together weekly, mm-hmm. you always provide uh, tips and things that uh, folks can take away in their week ahead in business, in life. Mm-hmm. How can a business owner tuning in to Get Down to Business this evening learn a lesson about how they can take care of their people to allow them to succeed um, in their organizations? The advice that I would give is to apply the 80-20 rule, commonly referred to as the Pareto Principle. And that principle dates back to 1896, and it goes like this. Uh, And 80% of your, I'm going to take the customer side for a moment, and then I'll come back to the people. 80% of your revenue is going to come from 20% of your customers, and that is tried and true. And also from the people side, when you want to take care of them, if you're having issues, that same principle will apply. So what I have done for many, many years, and I teach my leadership team to do, apply that principle when you are trying to determine what's going right or what's going wrong and how to make sure that you get people aligned in the right spot and the right job at the right time. And, and that's that's certainly a challenge, but it's something that needs to be the top priority. I've uh, I've been a big fan of uh, Howard Schultz, the uh, former CEO mm-hmm. of Starbucks, and in all of his mm-hmm. books, he talks about ultimately it's the people first. And I know Jim, that's a theme um, throughout uh, all of the companies, and, and I'm privileged to work with you, and I see it in action mm-hmm. every day. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what industry; it is the people that make all the difference. And you know, that's a great segue, um, Jim. Uh, your most recent book. Uh, Broken America is a call to action. It's about people in this country. And that's something that perhaps a principle that may have been forgotten. Um, Jim, uh, the book came out September 9th. What's the reaction been? The reaction has been very positive. And uh, we lay out in the book about 10 principles to uh, restore America. And uh, it's, again, about people. And uh, that Pareto principle applies when we start digging into the challenges that we have in the country today. And uh, we, we've got to start uh, setting priorities to some of these issues. And it goes back to the people. If we can't get people to talk in a civil way, we'll never accomplish anything. So it is about the people. It about is, the people. It is all about the people. And Broken America is a call to action uh, for us to put aside the political parties and find the common ground to unite mm-hmm people around uh, our country's founding principles. So, Jim, where can people find the book? Um, I know you want to get it in the hands of every American, certainly every member of Congress, but really every American, because there's a strong message, Broken America. Where can people find it? BrokenAmerica.com. BrokenAmerica.com. 
BrokenAmerica.com, and I've been chatting with uh, Dr. Jim White, who, of course, will be back next week in our uh, continuing series over here. Um, we, uh, we always talk about a lesson for business owners, for people in general, and that's been your lesson, of course, in Broken America. Check out BrokenAmerica.com. Dr. Jim White, Jim, my friend, uh, come back uh, again next week. Can't wait to continue the conversation. Likewise. Have a great evening, Scott. You too. To success, let's get down to business. We'll be back next Sunday, 6 p.m.